the savvy ones are able to prioritize key initiatives. They're looking at where do we get the best bang for buck? And they're often beating the trade-off actually and being able to deliver both value protection and value creation at the same time. For me, it's all about momentum and advocacy. Uh, with any transformation programme, it's about building the former and the latter. And you do that through targeting quick wins and getting stakeholders excited whilst buying time to deliver the longer term. If there's one thing you could do, one of those points you could underline, it's critical to understand your digital estate assets and team. Getting the right data means you can make the right decisions in prioritisation. Unexpected and disappointing things, unfortunately, are going to happen. So having the right leadership and culture and mindset is critical. These journeys are hard and they aren't linear in their progression. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Mark Veldon, Private Equity Lead and Co-Head of Alex Partners in the UK. It's great to have you with us for the latest instalment of our Private Equity Focused Expert Discussions, this time focused on all things digital. I'm delighted to be joined by my colleagues, Mike Pitts and Paul Kelly, who between them have more than 40 years experience in guiding companies through digital and technology transformation. So with deal flow down and cost management being a huge consideration in the current suppressed market, Making the right digital moves to drive value has never been more important. If I could turn to you first, Paul, what are you seeing in the market currently with regard to digital activity in private equity portfolio companies? Is it cost consciousness over-indexing on pursuing growth initiatives? Well, Mark, it's been a fascinating few years for private equity and their portfolio companies as they've developed their understanding of what digital might present in terms of opportunities. As you might expect, there's been a range of things that were seen in the market with regards to digital activity. Driven by the fact that different PE firms have different levels of appetite for the digital challenge, what works digitally in one industry isn't always the same in another. And then there's the current dynamic of tightening budgets and the change in priorities that that brings. But specifically, what we're seeing in the market is, at the moment is three things. Firstly, a primary focus, and this has shifted in the last six months, around value creation activities that focus on cost control. So things like optimizing your supplier base, simplifying your change portfolio, streamlining your tech organization, simplifying your technology estate, more effective outsourcing, more effective cloud deployment, operational efficiency. You know, the list really goes on in terms of the type of initiatives that you could focus on. But the headline of this first point is significantly more focused on cost. Secondly, we've seen organizations where possible avoid large-scale replatforming or systems implementations. The vast majority of these types of projects haven't gone well over the years, and so looking at more nuanced ways of driving value, especially in the current climate, is more prevalent. And thirdly, we'll, with new deals low in number, PEs are doubling down on their existing portfolio companies, and we're seeing more focus around carve-out as companies look to streamline their operations. But we shouldn't, of course, forget value protection. So cyber remains a super hot topic for obvious reasons. You know, gone are the days where you're shocked to hear about a major cyber breach. And secondly, remediation of existing platforms. We're still seeing huge amounts of legacy and technical debt out there. So there's obviously a balance to be struck between preservation and value creation. Mike, what's your view of this perceived trade-off? And do you see this as something that private equity is currently grappling with? And how is it manifesting itself, especially in the, the current disruptive environment? 
Yeah, you're, you're right, Mark. There is a there is a perceived trade-off, and, and often that trade-off is real. I mean, many port co's have aging tech assets, and they carry associated cyber and operational risk. Um, and there isn't always a direct EBITDA value in, in modernizing those. Um, digital transformation initiatives, on the other hand, can take cost out, deliver better products faster, and hit top and bottom line benefits. Um, but they can be costly and carry associated risk. Um, I guess what we're seeing uh, in the market and in this in this time of disruption is the most digitally savvy PEs recognize the trade-off and make effective decisions against it, uh, whereas those that are less savvy are not so effective in decision-making. We're, we're seeing really two key trends. The less savvy ones uh, are looking too broadly across their whole tech estate and just thinking about how to take cost out fast. So choosing short-term value creation at the expense of value protection. The savvy ones are able to prioritize key initiatives. They're looking at where do we get the best bang for buck? And they're often beating the trade-off actually and being able to deliver both value protection and value creation at the same time. So just to build on that, I think this balance of value creation versus protection has been a, a key challenge for us as long as I can remember. And it's particularly tough when the organization is battling with large amounts of technical debt. In that situation, you know, as Mike said, really it's about understanding your risk and how fast you can address it through remediation versus value creation activities like building new apps or renovating a small number of critical applications. But getting the balance right requires continuous evaluation and importantly, an experienced mindset. It's a difficult balance, I suppose, when you look at today's environment with so much disruption. Interestingly, in our 2023 Disruption Index study, 94% of growth leaders cited investing in the new technology and digital solutions as a priority for their company's board and leadership team. So the appetite, I think, is there, but with finite resources and more careful allocation required in current conditions, it feels like the rigor around the prioritization needs to ramp up within private equity when assessing their, their port codes. We know digital transformation has historically offered so many opportunities to create or preserve values. So how do you zero in on the right moves to make? Paul, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that first. So again, this is not a new challenge, but again, it's getting harder. There are so many options and ideas of what to do, either to create value or protect value. So prioritization and knowing where to invest and in what order remains a subject of real challenge, not least because with each new year brings even more digital opportunity. So we would always suggest a three-step process. Firstly, assess the state of your technology environment. What's the maturity of the technology estate? The major areas of investigation here are modernity, reliability, flexibility, scalability of existing platforms and infrastructure, and can they support secure growth? The other area of focus is the IT organization's capabilities to deliver change and operate the estate effectively. Does it have the people, skills, processes in place to deliver your digital value creation agenda? The second step is mapping out the digital opportunities. So once you've understood the baseline, which is step one, you can start to map out the opportunities available to whether they be value creation or protection. What you're looking to achieve at this stage is to build a long list of potential initiatives. And then the third thing is around building the digital roadmap. So once the options are clear, it's time to prioritize based on the size of the opportunity 
ideally EBITDA impact, level of one-off investment required and the timescales. The key to all of these three steps is being practical and moving at pace. You know, organizations should really be looking to move through these three steps in a matter of weeks, not months. Paul, I, I totally agree with you. Prioritization is absolutely critical. It's a topic really close to my heart. And I would say that if there's one thing you could do, one of those points you could underline, it's critical to understand your digital estate assets and team. Getting the right data means you can make the right decisions in prioritization. And Mike, there's another variable here in terms of timelines, isn't there? I mean, the short-term initiatives versus longer-term levers that could be truly transformational. I mean, you have to really balance those in terms of where the company is in the private equity firm's investment thesis and life cycle. What additional considerations should be front of mind when rationalizing this to create an action plan? Mark, that's absolutely right. It's really critical to consider the scale of change, associated value and, and risk to the outcome the time to deliver, and where the portco is in the investment timeline. Um, again, stressing the point of understanding your technology estate and these elements can really enable effective prioritization. Maybe I should illustrate with an example. If you look at ERP upgrades, replatforms, or carve-outs, they're often big and complex. They can deliver benefits, but they can often go wrong. We're stepping in to help a number of clients rescue failing SAP upgrades at the moment. Uh, and these are being dictated by SAP software becoming end of life. It's not just ERP or SAP though, it's core platform consolidations, cloud transformations, agile rollouts, can face significant risk and can go wrong. And the last thing a PE wants towards the end of its investment cycle is a big failing program. It looks very unattractive to potential investors. So in the deal life cycle, I'd say understand your estate as early as possible, preferably in DD, then further in pre-close, and then further immediately after signing. Then prioritize low-hanging fruit initiatives in year one to prove you have the right tech and business team to deliver the, the bigger transformations. Then you want to tackle bigger transformations as early as possible with the right team and the right data and the right plan to make sure you deliver the expected value uh, well in time before you're looking at any kind of exit. For me, it's all about momentum and advocacy. Uh, with any transformation program, it's about building the former and the latter. And you do that through targeting quick wins and getting stakeholders excited whilst buying time to deliver the longer term and tougher items that might refer to. That's quite a good segue into my next question. I mean, it's great to have a robust strategy carefully analysed from every angle, but what about when the rubber really hits the road and practical implementation begins? I'd really like to hear both your views on what really matters in this respect. Firstly, in terms of the pitfalls you've seen at this stage that can cause grand plans to fall flat? And secondly, on the flip side, the key factors that you think are critical to success in delivering on digital initiatives. Paul, why don't you kick us off here? Okay, Mark. So I guess in many ways, I think about the pitfalls 
and then the key, uh, the critical success factors in the same way. But let me give you my thoughts and then let Mike add. So first of all, for me, it's around not planning, well, planning for and making sure that you deliver the quick wins that I mentioned a, a moment ago. We've touched on the importance of building momentum, and I think that's always critical. The second pitfall is really about being too ambitious. That We see many organizations trying to bite off too much, trying to do too much too fast. It's good to have some big bets in your change portfolio, but you need to have a mix with some more safe, predictable changes. That's the second thing I'd say. Thirdly is, is that you will experience problems. Unexpected and disappointing things, unfortunately, are going to happen. Uh, we're doing software engineering, and so things that you didn't expect or hadn't planned for will happen. So having the right leadership and culture and mindset is critical. These journeys are hard and they aren't linear in their progression. And then the final thing I'd comment on is, is, is the right team and the right support. You know, not having the right people on the pitch structured in the right way will cause issues in any transformation, no matter what the technology is that you employ. And we often say it's always about the people. From, from my perspective, those are absolutely right, Paul. Um, I suppose I would reiterate uh, good data to make the right decisions throughout implementation. And I sound like I'm a bit obsessed with uh, data for decision-making, but, but without it, you won't make good decisions. Uh, and the right people, um, you need an operational mindset and the experience to make hard decisions and make transformation happen. Thank you, Paul and Mike. Some really valuable insights there. And it's clear to me that digital initiatives can hugely accelerate value creation and help PE firms to achieve increased returns. As you both said earlier, with so many options available, choosing where to start can often be the biggest challenge in this space, alongside the certainty of successful implementation, which, as we all know, is critical to private equity. And in this kind of market, I think the role that digital cost control can play in creating value is vital too, sharpening investment focus in the areas that you know can really deliver on digital ambition. Thanks once again to both of you for joining me today, and thank you all for listening. I hope you're able to tune in again soon to the next of our Alex Partners Private Equity Expert Discussion. Thanks again and have a great day.